This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Oh, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! Chalk flew up! Welcome to This Week in Tennis. This week in tennis, that was Kansas. Let's play the game tonight. It is Friday afternoon, May the 31st, 2013, and you're listening to This Week in Tennis on Max Sports Channels each and every day at 4 p.m. Eastern, and again at various times throughout your day on independent Radio LA. Welcome to This Week in Tennis. My name is Phil Nasons, and by way of introduction, I am the resident tennis professional at the Corfu Holiday Palace 
in Corfu, Greece, and the host of the show. <laughs> and it is the number one show for a reason because it is considered controversial. And, well, it's also been copycatted by the big boys. And we're here because of them. And we love them. Even though they want to copy us, we still love them. Anyway, we have a lot going on down in France. The French Open is rolling. The French Tennis Federation, or I should say the ITF via Roland Garros website, has provided us all finally with some draws so we can actually talk about some tennis tonight and not speculate too much. And when I say we, I'm joined by illustrator, photographer, logo maker extraordinaire, Mr. Craig Doyle from CraigDoylePhotography.com. Craig, what's up, man? How are you today? I'm excellent, Phil, and I'm just glad to be here again for another week. And I'm looking forward to getting right stuck into this Roland Garros discussion with you tonight. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, you did a great job on my logo, man. I really do appreciate it. I, so many people commented and wrote to me privately and said, wow, that's really good. And I say, if you want one, contact Craig. <laughs> well, you know where to get, uh, you know where to reach me. Uh, you regularly plug my site here on this show. So, you know, I'm contactable there. And obviously I'm also contactable on Facebook. Absolutely. Or if you can't contact him any of those places, just contact me and I'll see to it that you hook up with Craig and get a great logo at a great price. Anyway, I'll tell you what, man. The, the biggest story I thought was the rain. Not the case. This is, this is interesting, man. I got to tell you, this is interesting. Before we get into the uh, men's singles side of things, Sergei Stakovsky from the Ukraine was cited for, <laughs> dig this, for unsportsmanlike conduct, for setting his racket aside, and taking a picture of the spot in the red clay where a shot landed near a line in his 6-1-6-4-6-3 loss to the seven-seeded Richard Gasquet. Not to be outdone. Now this is, he, pull, he goes to his bag, pulls out his phone, <laughs> takes a picture, and what does he do? He uploads it to Twitter. I think he qualifies for Twittiot of the Year. What do you think about this? First of all, what do you think about dudes just stopping play and going in their bag, grabbing their phones and taking pictures? What is this? You know what, Phil? I'm <laughs> I'm almost lost for words. The uh, you know the audacity of the guy to to stop the play in the first place and go to his bag to get his mobile uh, cell phone. Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, we're in 2013 and everybody's got one of these phones in their pocket. We've all got a camera. We can all connect to the internet, to Twitter, to Facebook, to whatever. But, you know, this is a professional sport. This is a professional athlete who is supposed to be showing a, a display of conduct. And yet he's acting like some sort of amateur out in the practice court taking pictures in the professional arena while the TV cameras uh, and a global audience is on him. It's absolutely stunning, isn't it? <laughs> I was speechless when I saw it. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke. But it really is true. And then, you know what? He even pleaded with them, them being the ITF, 
in hopes that he would avoid losing some of his prize money. He should have been disqualified on the spot and lost all of it for just being stupid. I mean, this is the twittiest of the year. Really? I mean, how do you do this? Can you imagine John McEnroe with a cell phone and a camera and Twitter running out there at Wimbledon, taking a snapshot? You can't be serious. Look at the freaking Twitter page. Look at my picture. Oh, Lord, I don't believe this. You know what? This kid deserves to be fined. He needs to just go away. He acts more like a tourist. Crazy things. But you know the players, uh, they say that they want Hawkeye there, the line machine there. But their ITF won't allow it. They say the marks are good enough, but apparently not. Now, I'm not even sure how this all came down, to be honest with you. But wow. (laughs) Can you imagine? This is like going to set a trend, and not just a Twitter trend, but a trend. I'll bet you this happens again. Watch. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, this guy, he's not a top, top player on the tour, but he's a big enough name. And, you know, what's the $2,000 are we th- are we saying he got fined? What's $2,000 to one of these tennis players? I mean, for losing it in the first round to Gasky, I, I reckon he probably earned about $27,000. So that's $2,000 isn't a lot to this guy, is it? Uh, you know, it's hardly, hardly even a punishment. So effectively, he's pretty much gotten away with it. Well, I don't know. He's not a big name, so two grand is a big pop. You know, that'll keep you alive for three or four weeks out there on the tour. And don't forget the taxes in the Ukraine are pretty high. And he's probably got to pay some type of luxury tax in France, too. So he's probably lost quite a bit. But he should have lost it all. They should have kicked him out and made an example out of him because you can't do that. He's basically shown up the referee the tur- or the umpire, the chair umpire, and, and that's not good. And showing up the linesman, you know what? Whew. Goodness gracious, I can't believe this. I really can't. This is nuts, really nuts. But, uh, you know, rain's been the story of this week. It has been a slow week of tennis, which is kind of strange because when I finish the tennis at 6 o'clock here, 7 o'clock here, I like to turn the TV on and watch. But all we're watching is raindrops. But I'll tell you something, you know, a lot of people talked about last week's show and how we were kind of playing an odds maker and giving some tips. That was a good call you made with Ernest Gulbis, by the way. You know, don't bet on him as he ain't doing squat. Well, he didn't do squat. He got slammed by a Gail Monfils. Just smoked. Well, yeah, smoked, really. What is up with Gail Monfils? It's quite interesting watching Gail Monfils come back in, isn't it? He's a guy who's uh, not been on the tour for a while. He's had a series of injuries the last few years. It's seen him on and off the tour, not really playing a consistent high level of tennis for prolonged periods. Uh, and he comes back a couple of weeks ago, and now he's playing, you know, almost top 10 level tennis. Uh, he, he played superb to beat Burditch, even though... You know, it was typical Gael Monfils. He, he he plays fantastic, and then all of a sudden he stops playing fantastic. And he turns what should be a straight sets win into a, a five-setter. But uh, he, he came out and did really, really well against Gilbert because 
I, I think the pressure was on Monfils again. Uh, Gobus has been on a, a pretty good run. He's tipped to cause a few scales this tournament. And as you said, Monfils came out and he absolutely smoked him. And it's it's pretty impressive to see uh, Monfils played at this level. Uh, certainly, given how long he's been out and uh, given the problems he's had in the past when he's uh, played at these big tournaments. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the other guy, he's playing against your guy, Tommy Robredo, in the third round, if it ever stops raining. That's going to be an interesting match. You know, you're, that's a guy that you called as a, as a kind of a wild card to win a couple matches early. Robredo Monfils, tough match to call. I think, I honestly, you know, I don't have a lot of high hopes for Gail Monfils. I don't think he stays on his feet enough to win big matches. Tommy Robredo is going to give him a push, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, Tommy's another one who's just come out of left field completely. Um, you know, he's what we would call a veteran on the tour. He's been around a long time. He's just sort of come straight back up those rankings. He's gotten himself uh, a seeding, I think. I think he's the lowest seed at 32, but he was still seeded. And he's uh, he's come here and he's, he's playing some good tennis. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tommy gives uh, Gael Monfils a real good game. Could be a very close match. I think you're right. You know, another interesting match here in the round, in the third round, faces Andrea Seppi and Nicholas Almagro, two guys that I predicted would uh, win you some money in the first couple rounds, and they have done that and more. I like Seppi in this one. I think I'm going to go the other way in this one. Um, Seppi's already played two five-setters, I think. Um, I recall him playing Meyer in the first round and the match going on forever. And I think he had a five-setter against a young man called Blaze Kavkic in the last round. So, you know, can can Seppi go another another long match against Almagro? I, I'm not so sure. I, I think Almagro's got a little bit more quality than the, the guys that Seppi's been playing. And I think we'll see Nicholas Almagro into round four. That's a fair enough call. I'll tell you what the Americans seem to be doing. Okay, Sam Query's down there at the bottom end of this draw, and he faces... Maria Sharapova's favorite tennis player, Gilles Simone. What do you think about that matchup? That's the 18 seed against the 15 seed. Query is not known for his clay. Could be interesting. I, I tell you, if it were me, I'm going to go with Sam, hard-hitting American kid Sam Query in this one. So we, we call that an upset, you know. Um, Sam Query not so good on the clay. Gilles Simone pretty good on the clay, defensive player, but... Uh... You know, I think Simon, he leaves too many opportunities for guys to attack him. And I think Query hits so big. And I think he'll take advantage of the sort of higher bounce here, the slower ball. And he's just going to smash that ball through the court. And uh, Simon's going to struggle. So are we, are we going to call that an upset and Query's going to win? Yeah, why not? I think we could. I, I don't even know if I would call that an upset, to be honest with you, because I don't have a lot of high hopes for Gil Simone. <laughs> To be honest with you, I think he's won, what, about three matches all year? But he's still a 15th seed. He's still up there. And he'll have the home crowd behind him. And you know how they feel about Americans over there. So it could be interesting. But, yeah, let's call it Sam Query. We can call it an upset. Call it whatever you want. Roger Federer's coasting through. He's into the third round and the bottom half of the draw. Um, wow. He's placing um, Benetau. 
I think you just take Roger Federer and just walk away, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought last year I saw a little bit from Benatow when he played against Murray at Monte Carlo and he, he had that real nasty ankle injury where he, he slipped in the pothole at the back of the court, twisted his ankle. Before that, he, he was giving Murray a real good game and he, he didn't look like he was breaking through, but, it, you know, he, he looked like he was really solid on the clay and he was going to uh, cause a few difficulties for players. But, um, you know, he's sort of, Another one of those players who's on his way out. He's a sort of veteran on the tour. You just don't see him troubling Roger Federer whatsoever. I'll tell you what. And, you know, like we talked about last week before we had the draw, Federer lucked out because the two guys that could probably defeat him are on the other side of the draw. And from what I'm seeing here, Roger Federer has a pretty straightforward shot to the finals, doesn't he? He does, and the only concern I would have for him, and it's a silly concern given that he's like 14-0 and 0 or 15-0 and 0 against this player, but David Ferrer interests me at the minute. He just seems to get better and better on the clay, and those last two tournaments in Madrid and Rome, he really pushed Rafael Nadal. I just saw something in Ferrer's game where he just looked more solid against Nadal. He pushed Nadal to go to another level to beat him. And, you know, if he brings that game against Federer and doesn't show the fear he usually shows when he plays against Federer, I I think we could have a a good potential semi-final in our hands, assuming both players get that far. Yeah, I think the only thing really standing in uh, Federer's way would be Sanga. Sanga takes on Jeremy Chardy. In the third round, uh, I don't see Victor Trichy or Marin Silic doing much. Um, and then up top, I like Ferrer, though. I, I, I like him more than you do. Yeah, I think you won a bet on him, didn't you? Because you've changed your heart completely. You've had a complete change of heart, my friend, when it comes to David Ferrer. I like it. Kind of the way I feel about uh, young Bernie Thomas. It's good. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, look who look who's here. And the the one guy, I'll tell you something. The one guy I'd be careful with though is young Milos Orejanic. He's got a new coach. Well, he doesn't have a coach now, but he has somebody hanging around. He fired his coach right before Rome. That was big controversy there. But he takes on Kevin Anderson. That could be interesting. But my goodness, this could be good. This could be interesting. I think it's going to be David Ferrer and Federer in the semi at the bottom. I think so, anyway. I just don't see enough from these other guys to make me go, hmm, upset time. But I do like young Milos, but maybe not so much on the dirt. Could be interesting, though. You know, this could be a good time for Tommy Robredo, like we talked about last week, because this bottom half is pretty, uh, pretty. Straightforward, isn't it? Yeah, I think the name everyone's putting in the final is Federer. On paper, he looks like a good shout. You know, you mentioned Milos Raonic. Um, last year, I would have said yes. He was doing big things last year. He didn't have any sort of fear about him. He was new, the new kid on the block. Nobody knew what this guy was going to bring. He was bringing big, huge bombing serves. And he didn't even have to come and volley. He had to ball that hard off the serve. 
that he could hit a forehand on the second shot and hit a winner. But now, it almost reminds me of when Songer burst onto the scene. He's lost that sort of edge of fearlessness he had in his game. He's kind of unsure sometimes of what shot to play. He doesn't always commit to the shots. And I, I think we've seen a few people deconstruct his game now that everyone knows what Milos Rennick's all about. So the rest of this season is going to be about what else has Milos got? Can he do something different? And, you know, I think Kevin Anderson is going to be a good test for him in the next round because Big Kev is playing some big game at the minute. He's uh, had a good clay court season. He's got himself back up into the top 30. And this could be a good battle between two big guys with big serves, big forehands. And I, I wouldn't discount Kevin Anderson from pulling off what could be considered a little bit of an upset. That might be a good call. That may be a good call. Now, we've got the top half of this draw, and that's in the shambles because of all the bad weather. Novak Djokovic is rolling along, and he faces Grigor Dimitrov in the third round. I don't think Djokovic is going to have too much of a problem there. Um, Cole Schreiber is still in, right? He takes on Victor Hanescu. In the third round, and uh, there's only a couple of others here. Fabio Fognini's made it to the third round. My guy, Benoit Paddy, told you all, take some money, take win some cash for the flash. He takes on Kei Nishikori, though, in the third round. That ought to be interesting. But this is a strange kind of deal down here, to be honest with you, this top half with all these, all this crazy rain. The Americans are still hanging around. This is an interesting match right here. Tommy Haas and Jack Sock. What do you think about that? Tommy Haas has a pretty good little draw here. Yeah, Tommy, uh, last year he came in the Roland Garros and he asked for a wild card. He'd come back from injury. He was sitting 113 in the world rankings. And they said, uh-uh, no way. You go play qualifying like everybody else. Tommy comes here this year. And by the way, he reached a third round proper last year. And he's 13 in the world this year, 12th seed. And he's coming here and he's got himself a pretty nice draw. Um, Tommy's got a great game. He, it, it can be played on all surfaces. And, you know, with the draw he's got, I think Tommy's going to be looking to try and make round four to, uh, to get to the second week. Uh, I think he'd be disappointed if he doesn't get to the second week. And... I think he will. I happen to agree with you. I don't think Jack Sox is going to do much. This other battle here, this Ryan Harrison and John Isner, two more Americans in the second round. That's a big thing for Americans to be there, by the way. Um, I, I look for an upset here. I look for Ryan Harrison to beat John Isner. These conditions are very slow. That big boomer is not going to be booming. And Harrison can probably take advantage, right? Yeah, it's it's probably a good chance for young Ryan to uh, make a little bit of a breakthrough here. I mean, I, I don't see him beating Tommy Haas in the next round if they should meet, but um, he's one of these guys who could turn up at tournaments and go home in the first round and they'll do a bat an eyelid. But, you know, he gets to the third round here. Next month, he comes to Wimbledon. He gets to, say, the third round at Wimbledon. He gets to the U.S. Open. People will be talking about Ryan Harrison. But he's got John Isner standing in his way. They'll probably know each other very, very well. So 
we're, we're really going to see what Ryan Harrison's made of here. Is he going to make the third round? Or, you know, will he succumb to the pressure of playing a countryman who's seated higher than him? Could be very interesting. I, I think you could be right, though. Marcus went down for an upset. I would. I would go for it. I'll tell you um, another match that interests me a lot is the Rafael Nadal Martin Clizan match. Because Clizan is one of those guys that we like, I think. I know I do. And Nadal's rolling, like always. But uh, waiting in the wings for the winner is Fabio Fognini. That's my guy. I like him on clay. I like him a lot on clay. That could be an interesting third-round matchup. But who do you like, Nadal or Clizan? Because I obviously I like Nadal, I think. But Clizan could pull something. Yeah, I like Martin Clizan. I, I do, but uh, not on clay. Not at Roland Garros uh, against Rafael Nadal. I, to be honest, you could bring Clizan out tomorrow. Nadal will beat him. You could bring Fognini out onto the court after he beats Clizan, and he'll beat him as well. Um, I, I just don't see either of these guys stopping Nadal. It's just, you know, it's it would be huge, huge, huge upset if either of these two guys were to knock Nadal out this early in the tournament. Okay, let's just go a little further then, because I, I want to I, I wanna box you in a corner if I can, my friend. Benoit Perry, Nishikori winner, takes on the winner of Fognini and perhaps Nadal. Who do you like in that? Let's say, for example, it's Nadal Paris. Obviously, Nadal's the favorite. But Paris has been playing some damn good tennis, man. Yeah, I'm all over this Paris thing. Since you mentioned him, I, I had a look at him in the first round. He's a, you know, he's still a pretty young guy. He's sort of at the age where he could push on. I mean, he's sitting, he's not even top 20 at the minute. I think he's maybe 25, 26 in the rankings, something like that. But this guy on these performances, if he could take this clay court game, adapt it to the hard courts, we're talking a guy that's got to be inside top 20. And he should be looking to get himself inside top 15, maybe top 10 in future, because he's got a real good game. But as you said, there is that minor issue that Rafael Nadal, he's been beaten, what, once here in seven years, eight years, something like that. It really is going to take something special to bring him down. And, you know, I just don't see it from anyone here this week, apart from one guy. Yep, and that would be Novak Djokovic? Yeah, yeah, I think he's the only one who hits hard enough with the consistency and has the ability to move so well that he could constantly keep retrieving the ball, getting to the ball and hitting it. But there's also one other thing that Djokovic does that one other player on tour does, but nobody else in this draw does. And it's that he steps into the court on the Nadal serve and he gets on top of that ball. He gets to it quick and he can get the ball back. He gets over the ball and he gets it back deeper into the court, which makes things difficult for Nadal. Nobody else in this draw cuts into the ball the way Djokovic does on the service return. The only other player I've seen neutralizing the Dow serve like that is Andy Murray, and of course, he's not here this week. That's a very good observation, by the way. 
you know, what Nadal's going to have to do is he's going to have to keep the ball to the tee and stop that as much as possible. He's got to stretch him out if that happens, of course. That's a very good observation. The rest of the draw, there's not a whole lot really there. Jersey Janowitz is still around. Gasquet is still around, but not much else to see. Tell you what, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a break. And when we return, we're going to take a look at what's been happening over on the ladies' side of things. You're listening to This Week in Tennis on Max Sports Channels and Independent Radio L.A. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we come together. Cool. And I think it's cool. Somebody's going to be having fun tonight. <laughs> All I want to do is go have a good time. It's all about tonight. Bill Nason. Some of the things that these people say. Jimmy Z. That is such twisted logic. Alex Jones. You heard it here first. Now it's mainstream news. Weeknights, starting at 10 Eastern. Okay, well, let's go buddy. Ah, it's a lot of fun. And we'll have fun, I promise. Weeknights on the Talk Superstation. If you're moving to the Atlanta area or simply looking to buy that new dream home, we'll look no further than to real estate agent Latrissa Fryson. Latrissa has over 10 years in real estate experience, and she's anxious to put you in your brand new home. For more information, you can contact Latrissa at latrissa.com. That's L-E-T-R-I-S-S-A.com. This Week in Tennis is a weekly tennis program covering all aspects of professional tennis. The most controversial tennis show anywhere deals with issues no one seems to want to touch. For music and hard-hitting commentary, please visit philnasons.com. Are you tired of boring sports websites that's about the same old company line? If you are, then I'd invite you to stop over to thesportsgoons.com. The Reggie Commentary and a weekly podcast highlighting today's issues is second to none. That's thesportsgoons.com. The new media has arrived. Looking for the latest information on your favorite sports team? Why not check out 15-year-old founder Trevor Urenz, ProSportsExtra.com. Updated daily by a staff of over 30 writers, ProSportsExtra.com is the place to be. You can check them out, and I insist that you do, at ProSportsExtra.com. Hi, this is Phil Nasons from The Phil Mason Show and This Week in Tennis. When I'm looking for sports information, my first stop, as well as yours should be, sports-kings.com. Great information, scores, highlights, and exceptional commentary. You can find it all there at sports DashKings.com. Hi, this is Phil Nasons from This Week in Tennis and The Phil Nasons Show. Max Sports Channels offers the best in sports talk radio as well as great music 24 hours a day. It's my daily destination and I hope it's yours. The sports talk begins each and every day at 3 p.m. 
and it ends around 9 p.m. Special programming on the weekends. And in between all that, the hottest music on the internet. That's Max Sports Channels. Make it your daily destination. Welcome back. It is Friday afternoon. It is May the 31st, 2013. And we're talking French Open tennis. The raindrops have not prevented the ladies from almost all of them accomplishing what the men have failed to do, and that is get through round two. Joining me to take a look once again is my friend, Mr. Logo Maker Extraordinaire and professional photographer, nonetheless, Mr. Craig Doyle. Craig, the big story this week down in Roland Garros, well, at least people are saying it's a big story, besides our boy Sergi taking pictures and putting them up on Twitter. What a twidiot. That's the title I'm going to use for the show. Sergey, whatever his name is, Twittiot of the Year. <laughs> no, I can't do that. Anyhow, we have the Americans. That's what people are talking about. The American ladies are playing tennis, and they're doing quite well on the clay. What do you make of all that? Do you think it's even a big story because they get through one round? Well, I'm sure it's a big story for these American girls because their paycheck will shoot straight up when they get into the second round. Um, I think a lot of the girls did very well to get through the first round. Uh, when I was there doing a little photography last year, um, a lot of the girls, in fact, I think almost all of the, the girls crashed in the first round. And, you know, a lot of them crashed because they just didn't look fit enough to play these you know, 20, 30, 40 short rallies that they have to engage in with a lot of these Spanish, Italian, Argentinian girls who are used to playing on the clay. Um, so what we're seeing this year is we're seeing a lot of, of these American girls that are a year older. A lot of them are very young, um, a year's more experience. They've gone away. They've gotten fitter. They're hitting the ball a lot better. They're able to engage in these rallies. And They've done well to get through the first round. And now at the second round stage, we're starting to see the uh, the cream rise to the top a little bit. And the better girls, the more experienced girls have gone on and booked their spot in the third round. Sloane Stevens is in the third round. You know, what is the – I don't get all this controversy with her and Serena Williams, really. I just don't get it. Now, first of all, okay, Sloane Stevens is ranked, what, 18 in the world, 17 in the world? And God bless her. But she hasn't even won a freaking tennis tournament yet. You know, don't you think you should have to win before you open up your mouth? Yeah, of course you should. I mean, you know, you got to have something in your locker to back up your comments. If, if you're not the uh, top player on tour, at least have a Grand Slam in your locker or a world number one ranking or uh, something you can point to that says, hey, I've been there, I've done that. But I, I think what we've got going on here is a, a classic case of there's not really a story. The media have caught on to this. There's been a few comments. Um, you know what tennis is like. Sometimes you have a slow week, so you throw out this story. And the next thing, it hits the old Twitter sphere or whatever we want to call it. And suddenly we've got a, a story out of nothing. And I, I think the media just needs to let this one drop. 
let Stevens drop back into being uh, number 17 in the world or whatever she is. And, um, you know, don't bother Serena with it because I, I really don't think Serena's that interested. It'll just fuel her to kick her ass even worse. That's what it'll do. But uh, she takes on Marina Erikovich. Does young Sloan. I think Sloan's going to make it to the next round. But waiting in the wings, if it all comes out, is Maria Sharapova. And I would have to say that young Sloan Stevens is probably on her way out after round four. What do you think about that? I'd have to agree with that. There's not really much stopping Maria Sharapova on clay against these players outside the top three. Um, she's going to be one of these girls um, who, who just rattles through people. She's She's very... Strong on the serve, she's strong on her ground strokes. She's tactically very good, which is something a lot of the girls I feel are not. Um, she's been there, she's done it, she's got the experience, and I think we're going to see a lot of results from Maria Sharapova that are going to be in the sort of six-one-six-two sort of category. You know, if Sloan wants to prove anything, she she's got to get games on the board. You know, she's got to show that she can hang with Sharapova, and you know, I, I don't. I, can't see anything coming off it. I think it'll be straight sets to Sharapova. Yeah, perhaps you're right. I'll tell you another interesting matchup is another American, Jamie Hampton, who's made a big splash. She's made it to the third round, and God bless her soul. But she plays one of your favorite tennis players, Petra Kitova from Czechoslovakia. Now, what is it? You, you said something about Facebook. You said, how in the world does this girl win? Yeah, that was my frustration boiling over earlier in the week when I had uh, Petra Kvorova down for a two-set victory on my betting slip, and it was worth about six 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 hundred pounds, six seven hundred pounds to me. And she went from a dominant first set where she was all over her opponent, um, who, you know, I, I'm just looking back here to see who she was playing. Um, Let's have a quick look. She was playing against Arvin Rezai. Arvin Rezai is, I, I think, somewhere down at about 120, 150 in the world. Yeah, she's a part. Her dad's part of the Bad Dads clubs, right? Right. Yeah, same girl we were talking about a few weeks ago. I dropped her into the conversation. Kivara was was dominating, and all of a sudden she just loses the second set. I, I think she lost like four games in a row, and I just, you know, thought. How can anyone with such poor level of consistency be a Grand Slam winner? It's, you know, compared to the likes of a Sharapova, a Serena Williams, even an Azarenka, she just doesn't have the same sort of consistency. And it's, you know, it just shocks me she ever won anything. Well, she did that fortnight, that's for sure. She played good at Wimbledon that week or that two weeks. But, yeah, you cost Craig money, so now you're persona non grata. Miss Kitova, six hundred pounds, eh? Yeah. What did you? How, how many? How many uh, matches you have? I had uh, not. I had nine matches correct, and then I had that one wrong. Oh boy, that's a bummer. Six hundred pounds too, Miss Kitova. You are now on Craig's shit list. Not Craig's list, but Craig's shit list. Elena <laughs> Yankovic. <laughs> I told you, watch out for her, but you didn't listen. Anyway, 
Kitifa takes on Hampton. Kitifa moves on. Yeah, probably too strong for Hampton. Although Hampton's put in a few good results this week, so um, you know, fingers crossed for Hampton. Let's uh, let's see what, what she can do against a, a much better player. And Hampton's still a young girl, you know, she's 23. Um, yeah, let's 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 see what she can do up against a, a player who's been at the top like Kvarova. Yeah, but don't bet on either one of those two. Leave that one alone. You'll lose money and you'll end up writing bad things on Facebook. Anyway, here's a, here's one, though. This one is a popcorn match, we'll call it. Another one of your favorite players. <laughs> bad luck for you this week, man. Delaney Jankovic takes on Sam Stoser in the third round. That should be interesting, don't you think? Yeah, Stoser's going to win 6-love, six 6-love. Six um... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Possibly after I've put money on Jankovic to win. Uh, you know, both players are playing really well. Um, for some reason, Sam plays really, really good tennis on the clay when I have always thought she should play better on hard courts. You know, she's got those uh, big grand strokes. She's pretty strong. She she moves pretty well. You would think that the hard court would suit her a little better because she hits the ball hard. But, you know, whatever. She's made the final here before. Jankovic has played some probably her best tennis in the last two or three years. So I'll be steering clear of this one, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the upside of the week, though, on the bottom half or in the entire tournament, other than the Burditch one, which I didn't think was an upset, Bethany Maddox-Sands. She knocked out Lee Na. What the freak? And now she's found herself in the third round. And she takes on this other gal. What is her name here? Oh, my goodness. Ormachea? Yeah, right? Paula Ormachea. Ah, uh, right. I'm getting better with these names, ain't I? Just wait till we get to the long Russian ones. Oh, I can handle those. I'm good at those. I have a tutor. Don't forget. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. What do you like there, though? I'll tell you what. Bethany Maddox stands. She's like a trendsetter. She wears some funny clothes. She does her own little thing. God bless her soul. And look at this. She could find herself in the fourth round, man. And if she does, look, man, she could probably get to the quarters. She's got Kirilenko down there. She's playing Barty. And then Vogeli is playing Kanepi. This could be a sweet thing. This could be a great run for Bethany Maddox-Sands, don't you think? It could be, and uh, I happened to catch a little article about Bethany Maddox-Sands the other day, and she's had to completely revamp her whole diet, her whole lifestyle. Um, some of the foods that she was eating were sort of making her tired quicker than she should get tired, basically contributing to a lot of fatigue, a lot of difficulties, and leading to injuries. And, you know, she's on this diet. She's not particularly enthralled by the diet, shall we say, but she's sticking to it because she says that she feels so much better out there, uh, so much more energy, and she's come back with a bang. I mean, to beat Nali uh, after going to sit down is extraordinary. And as you point out, you know, she's got a pretty good jaw here. She's playing against this Argentinian kid. And uh, I remember Paula Omakea from last year. Um, she's only 21. She came in here last year, played Venus Williams in the first round and lost. 
Um, that was out on Chatier, I think. Maybe it was Langon. It, it was on one of the big courts. She was a bit overawed by the occasion. But, you know, this young Argentinian girl, she's a clay quarter. She's coming here and she's beating the seeds. She over. Her confidence is going to have gone up. So she'll give Bethany a good game. But, you know, I, I'd like to think, coming back from injury, that Bethany can go on, win this one, get into the fourth round, and we'll see how she does when faced with someone like Kirilenko, who has had it pretty easy so far this week. Um, you know, I, I think that'd be a good matchup to watch Marek Sands against Kirilenko. That could be good because uh, a lot of people just like watching Kirilenko play. But I wish Bethany Maddox Sands would just change her wardrobe, maybe. She kind of looks a little silly out there. But that, is, but we're not the fashion police. Seriously, though, in this bottom half, to push this thing through, I'm looking at a Victoria Azarenka, Maria Sharapova semi. What do you think there? Yeah, that's probably what uh, your Roland Garros officials are looking for and your uh, TV companies are looking for. It tends to be a real good matchup, and I'm pretty positive that Maria Sharapova is going to be there. I'm not so sure about Victoria Azarenka. Um, I think, you know, she could get a good game out of Kirilenko um, or even Marek Sands. So we'll see where, where Victoria Azarenka gets to. It should be interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's possible, but uh, I think we'll get a little shock, and I think Azarenka's game will dissolve on the clay, and uh, she'll end up getting knocked out before we get to the semifinals. You heard it here. Vika is going to say sayonara. Arriva Durchi. Yasu. You know, you know who I've not seen a lot of this week? Red Foo. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Red Foo. Now we know his name, and that's a good thing. He's probably training for the U.S. Open. I know he's there. He's definitely there. I saw a picture of him uh, during the practice sessions, but they've not shown him uh, during the matches or anything. Or I tend not to watch Victoria Azarenka. As you know, I'm not a big fan. Whether she's screaming or cheating, I don't care for either. Anyway, the top half of the draw. Serena. Say no more, eh? Finalist. <laughs> that was pretty good. I had a sneeze, you know, and uh, I was hoping you would expand upon that a minute. But needless to say, it's okay. I'm a professional. I have the sneeze button if I need to. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, finalist. Okay. Enough said there. Because there is nothing standing in her way. Uh, you know what, though? I'll tell you something. Uh, I really, really like this matchup between, in the third round, Vavara Lepchenko and Angeliki Kerber. That ought to be a very good match. I am really high on this Lepchenko young lady. She's busted her backside to get where she is without any help from anyone. And she's taking on Angeliki Kerber. On the dirt. That was your girl to make a breakthrough for a Grand Slam, if you remember, at the beginning of this season. What do you think about that matchup? Because I'm going with the upset and taking Levchenko. I'm not even sure it's going to be an upset, you know, because Kerber's struggling with injury. Uh, she's been struggling the last couple of months. She keeps playing on. Um, her movement's restricted. I'm not actually sure what the injury is. 
But uh, I, I've read about it a couple of times. There's a suggestion she might even pull out of this. Um, and I like, I really, really like Klepchenko. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to stumble upon her last year when she played against Francesca Schiavone in, I think, it maybe in the third round, and she eliminated her. And I, I wasn't really aware of Klepchenko up until that point. Um, she sort of come in really lowly ranked and she left with a lot of respect um and her story you know we've talked about her story on here before what a fabulous story um how great would it be if that girl was to go on and you know just win a few tournaments and you know make a a good career out of tennis i I think she will because she's got the uh mindset and the personality to do it you know what she's in the top 30 so she's making some loot but she's in the same section of the draw as serena and that's the bummer but if she can get to the quarters, that's a big result for her. And, and I honestly think she could do it because her next matchup would be the winner of Svetlana Kuznetsova and Barbora or Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. Oh, forget about that, man. I don't care to say that name. Anyway, doesn't matter. Kuznetsova will probably march through. Levchenko knocks, knocks her off. And we've got a Serena Williams. Levchenko quarter. If, but here's the thing: be careful with this this young girl from Romania, this Sirstia girl. You know she's cute too. I mean, there'll be a lot of support for her, don't you think? Yeah, I think you'll find that um, there will be a lot of support for this young girl. Um, she's got that sort of model looks. All she's got to do is get herself into the top sort of thirty, uh, top twenty. I, I'm sure she. She's probably already there, actually. Um, She's had quite a good season. Um, Adidas will start putting the Stella McCartney range on her very shortly. Um, You know, she's got the good face for the uh, advertising campaign to sell some tennis gear, make some big bucks for the uh, merchandise guys out at Adidas and whoever else, uh, etc. She's got a good game. Uh, I don't doubt it. She's got a very good game. But She's not got the Serena Williams game. And I think, and it's been mentioned at the start of the week, but uh, I, I think the Masters took by Serena this week, especially after her first round loss last year to Virginie Rosano, is that she's come out this week and she started talking French in the post-match interviews on court. And if I know anything about Paris, you don't have to speak great French to be appreciated. You just have to come out. Show that you're going to try a little bit. And uh, the crowd will really lap that up. And I think Serena's done some, you know, I, I don't know if she's been working with her PR people or someone's just had a quiet word in her ear. But the way she's come out and started speaking in French, she's uh, kind of got the, the crowd on her side uh, a lot more than what I've seen in previous years. Bonsoir. Will they <laughs> like me more? Well, I have three, four French people who really like me, so it's okay. But anyway, Sarah Irani's in the bottom half of the draw. She takes on Miss Sabine Lisicki from Germany in the round of, in the third round. I'll tell you something. I like this young lady's little draw here too, but I think I think she gets past Lisicki. I see that happening. But Carla Su- Suarez Navarro waits in the wings. I think she's going to knock off. Monica Puig, and then it's going this Suarez Navarro Sarah Irani matchup could be very interesting. I would be very careful about that 
if I were gambling. What do you think? Yeah, I think I would be as well. The only thing that goes in the favor of Rani is she's such a fighter. Um, she just never, ever, ever, ever give in. She seems to be able to run nonstop. Um, she had a bit of a breakout season last year, and I, I thought she would fall away a little bit this year, but um, she's just done the opposite. She's gone up to number five in the world. She's probably the best defensive player at the moment. And everything about her, you know, she's so small that you, you would think she shouldn't be a tennis player. You know, normally uh, you're looking at taller people with the with the service action involved, etc. But Iran is so solid that it's... I think she'll beat Lizicki because she's more consistent than Lizicki is. Um, I think any half-decent coach can take Sabine Lizicki and use the weapons that she's got, the big serve, the big forehand, add in a little bit of movement. They could make a great player out of Sabina Lizicki, but she's not the uh, finished article yet. She'll uh, dominate um, opponents who are afraid of her power, but someone's got to take that and refine her. So I'm certainly going to Rani there. I'm interested in this Monica Puig. Um, girl from Puerto Rico, 20 years old, Beat Madison Keys in the last round in a match that I happened to catch the last sort of 10, 15 minutes of. Interesting young woman, you know, nobody's really heard of this young girl. I just wonder if she'll be able to stand up to Suarez Navarro on the clay. Probably not. Maybe a little bit much for her, but, you know, she went out there and beat Nadia Petrova in the first round, 11th seed. I think it could be a good little matchup. Could be a good test for uh, Monica. But, yeah, I'm going with you. I'm going with Carla Suarez-Navarro up against Sarah Rani, and I'd put Rani through. I, I think she's just got that uh, game on the clay, that determination that will see her through. Yeah, that's fair enough. You know what? And we have Serena take it out, probably Sarah Rani, because I don't think anyone else is going to be there. Maybe Radwanska can uh, do some damage down there and take out Irani, but I'm liking uh, Serena Williams... Sarah Arani, Sammy, what do you think? You're not going for Anna Ivanovic then? I don't think so, unless it's a modeling convention or a catwalk. Outside of that, I know. Okay. I actually think uh, Ivanovic will get through to the fourth round. She'll play Radwanska, um, probably lose. Uh, I, I can't see Radwanska doing anything. She's damn boring to watch. Um, <laughs> okay. Female version of David Ferrer, but with less sort of <laughs> Forehand, she she just tends to, you know, keep defending until, till the uh, the death. In fact, I, I I'm glad actually uh, you mentioned Radwanska because it reminds me that one of my other favorites, Caroline Wozniak, is already out. Um, yeah, how about that? I'm stunned. But you know, some things are predictable, and uh, yeah, I think we could have Serena against Sarah in the semi-finals. That wouldn't be a surprise to me. Perfect. You know what? Great stuff tonight, Craig. Thanks so much for being a part of it. As always, in the middle of the night, we're doing this show. You can find Craig Doyle over at craigdoylephotography.com, and I insist that you do. He is putting up daily, win some cash with the, what did you call it now? Yeah, we gave up on that one. We couldn't find any uh, words that rhymed with Craig or Scotsman, so we just kind of... Uh... Yeah, just win some cash. Yeah, it's, it's, you need a better nickname. That's all. We'll give you one. <laughs> I like the Craig's, 
Craig's shit list, though. That was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, folks, we're going to let you go. We'll be back next week with more um, French Open coverage. Until then, you all take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. And most importantly, enjoy the tennis. Good night. <laughs>